Will game winner provide trainer Bob Baffert with yet another favorite for next year's Kentucky Derby? And will Catalina Cruiser finally get trainer John Sadler off the Breeders' Cup schneid? The 35th World Championships are upon us, and the first of our two handicapping the Breeders' Cup shows is straight ahead. They're in the gates. They're about to move in. They roll side. And they're off. As they move to the top of the stretch, it's a hit-loving finish. This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us at the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. It's the 35th Breeders' Cup World Championship, and this is the first of our two handicapping the Breeders' Cup shows. Now, there are 14 Breeders' Cup races, and it's just a little bit too much for you to sit and listen to us talk about all 14 of them. So we've picked four for the first show and four for the second show, where we think the most intriguing competition will be, and we'll break down four races in each of these two shows. To do so, we have a couple of guests with us. You'll remember Chris Felica, the bear from College Game Day, who's able to squeeze us in for just a little bit of time in between College Game Day remote assignments. And for the first time, we also welcome Catherine Terrell of ESPN.com, who is in Louisville for the Breeders' Cup, and I'm so jealous. Now, there are some pretty good races that we're leaving out of these two shows, including the Juvenile Phillies, a very hotly contested contest. But we're only going to pick one race from the Friday card, the Future Stars card, all the two-year-old races. And that, of course, would be the main event of Friday, the Juvenile. And, of course, you have to start with game winner, three for three for Bob Baffert. And his figures, his speed figures, way better than the competition. His workouts are really good, too. Went a half and 47 last time out in the morning. I mean, you know... I mean, Bob Baffert just has a way with these two-year-olds, but there's a lot of pace in this race, too, as you would expect with three-year-olds. And I think the favorite, which is complexity, the champagne winner, could really be compromised. How do you see this race shaping up? Well, you know, the juvenile is always such a weird race. Like, most of the time, the favorite doesn't even win. Uh, Just like you said, you just never know with two-year-olds what they're going to be like week to week. So, I mean, I think there's a couple of uh, Colts in here that could definitely be up there. Um, like you said, um, I think uh, the Baffert horse game winner is is probably going to be the favorite on Friday. But I think Code of Honor is also an interesting one. And also uh, complexity. That's one of the horses I like a lot. I think the thing about Code of Honor is Shug doesn't usually – run his horses in these spots so early. So it makes me wonder if he really thinks that he's got something here. And uh, he did, complexity did beat him, but it's definitely one I'm going to look at. You might be able to get a little bit better price on him than you would on some of the favorites. I think you bring, you think you bring up a good point with code of honor and how should brings horses along. And uh, I, 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 I don't know if you're going to get a better person. He has the look to me of kind of that trendy, wise guy type horse because of uh, Shug's characteristics and not rushing two-year-olds along. Uh, and the fact that he was only beaten by three lengths by complexity 
in his first lifetime start against winners, and uh, Complexity had his way pace-wise. And I don't think Complexity is going to have his way pace-wise in this race. I, I think he's going to have company up front with, whether it's with, with Nick's go, who completely was a fluke winner uh, at Keeneland a couple weeks back. I, I think Mind Control is another horse that's going to be up on the lead. So I don't think Tight Ten is another one that I think uh, well defined. I think there are a bunch of horses. Dueling here. is also going to be up near the front. That that, that are going to find their way on the lead, and uh, I hate to be a, a chalk eater in, in a juvenile race where you've seen prices before and big prices hit the board. But a game winner just jumps off the page for me uh, from that post. I know it's a little bit outside, but stalking type trip uh versatile uh, i think he is the most likely winner and i could even make a case for standard deviation is the other chad brown in the race uh adding blinkers uh ran, ran well i mean d- despite being hung way outside uh and that race at keeneland was with that horse freaked and uh you look at the race and the trip that he had beaten six length or so uh wasn't as horrible of a beat as you would think and uh you're going to get a much better price on on a standard deviation as you are on complexity. So uh, I do think game winner is the most likely winner, and I take a look at at standard deviation uh, as a potential price underneath. What about gunmetal gray for Jerry Hollendorfer and Flavion Pratt from the outside? I mean, there's a lot of speed, like you said. I think this horse can easily slide in and get a good second flight trip. His workouts look really good. Catherine, what do you think of him? Well, if you look at his past performances, he's, he didn't have a great start in his last race. I mean, so you could definitely take that into consideration. He was beaten by game winner. Um, you know, when you look at workouts, you basically just want to see consistency. Um, and I think that he's pretty much done that. Uh, they look pretty consistent to me. He's, he's not really one I know much about, but he will get a good price on him. And, and this kind of race, I think that's really what you should be looking for most of the time, just because with two-year-olds, you really, they really can just be a crapshoot. I mean, in his third lifetime start, he was three, in his third lifetime start, he was three to one against game winner out, out West and any improvement whatsoever certainly puts him uh, in the midst exotic wise. And if game winner doesn't fire, uh, you're, you're looking at a potential really nice mutual. So I, I think you, uh, I think you do have another horse there, Barry, that you should probably uh, include in those exotic bets at the very least. Let's move on to the Dirt Mile to the Saturday card. We're going to take them in the order in which they'll be contested. And I think you know, I I think too much is made of John Sadler's 0 for 41 record in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, Catalina Cruiser. Four for four. He's won sprints. He's won a route race. His workouts are really good. I know he hasn't run since August 25th, but he did run well off the bench in May, and he could be the controlling pace here, even though he's going from the outside. Bear, do we think this horse takes John Sadler's yoke off finally? No, I, I don't. I, I like City of Light a whole lot in here. Uh, I think he gets a better trip from a cozier inside spot, and I, and I think there is something to those trainers who have the the donut and Breeders' Cup races, or 
uh, I would love to even not only the, the, the John Sadler 0 for 41 at the Breeders' Cup. I'd love to know what John Sadler is, whether it's with his any in graded stakes. I, I can look it up in formulator, I guess, later. But uh, Sadler and graded stakes races in the state of Kentucky, uh, I wouldn't think that that's a, a great record either. I don't know if it's a big sample size or not. But I don't know. Catalina Cruiser just has the the running well, the looks of just kind of a horse that might have problems just big big gaps between races i mean that race was so big last time out it needed the time off to recruit hey, maybe that's just the type of horse he is and maybe i'm completely guessing uh i do think he obviously fits but uh if you're asking me to to, to pick between city of light and uh in catalina cruiser I, I think city of light uh is, is more interesting to me how much catherine do you put in the cut back in distance angle some people love it some people don't if you do like it and i kind of do then you have trigger warning you have seeking the soul who are cutting back in distance and that you can get decent prices on them what do you think well i do believe in that angle but the funny thing is i was about to bring up exactly those two horses i think it's a two-horse race between city of light and catalina cruiser and i think catalina cruiser is going to go straight to the front and someone's going to have to catch them. But um, going on that angle, I, I think there's something to it. it. It was an angle I was looking at um, in a different race. So I don't. It really just depends on your preference, like you said. Um, I don't think it. It's certain. I don't think it's a well. They're cut back in distance, so it definitely means they're going to win next time out. But I think it's something you should consider, and maybe throwing those horses in with your top horses. Another interesting long shot, if you're looking for a price horse just to kind of throw in there and maybe try and split City Light and Catalina Cruz. I think Giant Expectations is a horse that uh, is a horse. You talk about the, 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 the mile last year. Didn't run well. I actually liked him in the Breeders' Cup mile, in, in, the, in the dirt mile last year and then got off of him in the next race in the San Antonio when he paid 52 bucks or so to win. So uh, he's a <laughs> horse that I think can uh, – could potentially run uh, big as big at a price as well. Yeah, and he is coming off. His, this will be a second race off a layoff. He hadn't run since March. Came back in September. Probably needed a tightener. And yeah, you can get a decent price on him. What about Forensic Fire? Won the Dwyer at a mile at Belmont. That was around one turn, like this race is. But he is stretching out the opposite of the cutback in distance. And maybe six to one's a little too low on him. It's it's funny that is a horse I hated in the Derby, like hated. I think join the club the exactly. Crossed out, yeah. <laughs> I crossed him out immediately, but he's really come a long way since then. Um, but I man, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see him as someone who's going to keep up with my with the leaders. But that's that's just me. I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm still not completely sold on him from the Derby. <laughs> I, I agree. He's, he's a throwout for me in this race. A, a, a dangerous Jason Service throwout, but uh, you can't bet him off. He'd be a throwout for me as well. We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, but when we come back, the Philly and Mare turf seems like a Chad Brown versus Aiden O'Brien showdown. The best trainer in America versus the best trainer in Europe. So don't go away. The Philly and Mare turf and the sprint are in our focus when we come back.
Let's move to our first grass race that we're going to talk about here, which is the Philly and Mare Turf. And I know it's being billed basically as Chad Brown versus Aiden O'Brien. And they certainly do come with some heavy artillery. One of the things we have to consider here is the weather. Maybe not as much with the dirt track because that can be sealed and dry out by then. But midweek, Louisville is getting a ton of rain, and I think we're going to end up with some cut in the ground, if not a lot of cut in the ground for the grass races. So we must consider that when we talk about all of the races on the grass, and I think that's going to make a big difference here. So let's talk about the Philly and Mare Turf. Bear, let's start with you. Where are you going here, considering the weather? I think if Wild Illusion runs back to her last two races, they're all running for second. Uh, I, I think she's proven going long. I think she's proven on firm, firm going. She's proven on soft going. Uh, the connections have typically run very well uh, in, in the Breeders' Cup. So I'm, I'm, I think Wild Illusion is, is the, the the clear horse to beat. I mean, I think the, the Chad Brown angle is Sister Charlie. Uh, you look at her form over in Europe, and she was running in kind of allowance-type races or group three races, and maybe – Chad Brown's moved her up since then from, from bringing her over, but she leaves a lot of work to do late, and I just don't know in, in a field like this if, if that's a running style that I really want. The, the interesting horse in here, in addition to Wild Illusion, who I think is the most likely winner, uh, is Azira. Absolutely. What I gather, she is a horse, a filly who has been pointed and campaigned towards this race the entire year. She's only run three times all year. They spaced out a race to keep her fresh for this. I don't know what a mile and a three-eighths with that short run to the turn, if that's ultimately going to do her in. But uh, remember, Gary Karaki wanted the turf at San Diego from a a brutal post. So it it can be done from way out there, but she's probably going to have to be miles the best uh, to win from post 14. She does love soft ground, though, and she won on Irish Champions Weekend at the Curra on yielding turf. And she's absolutely a long shot alert for Dermot Weld, who's seeking his first Breeders' Cup win. Where are you going here, Catherine? Well, basically, who you guys said, um, I think, obviously, anytime you have a turf race in the Breeders' Cup, you have to look at the Euro horses. I mean, they just always seem, in general, to run better than the American horses for some reason. Um, Well, some reason. That reason is kind of obvious. But um, And I like Wild Illusion, too. I I just think, looking at um, her form, she just looks like the best horse in the race. I I don't know what you guys agree with that, but I just think her form looks the best. I I, I, I agree. And we have to talk about the Aiden O'Brien horses as well. Athena, interesting, if you look at her win in the Belmont Oaks, she got the same power number as she got for running seventh in the Beverly D, and her races in Europe have been so-so. I think Magic Wand probably has the better form, but her best running has come on firm turf, and She's probably not going to get that here, but it's tough to basically throw out Aiden O'Brien in a huge race like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan of either of his horse. She did beat Wild Illusion back at Ascot when she was a bit of a, bit of a price, but I don't know. I think Wild. I think Wild Illusion's form is much better. The one we touched on Chad Brown a little bit, and I touched on Sister Charlie. Four-star crook is a horse that just doesn't get bet. Uh, 
I don't think New York bred by Freud screams Breeders' Cup filly and mare turf winner, but she's a horse I think that could get away a little bit on the board. And in her career, she's been out of the money twice. Um, so uh, while I don't think this is a horse that classes out, I, I don't want to be uh, sitting there on if I have a pick four or a pick five in this race and get beat out of a out of the race in a, in a situation where like a few years back I just hated Little Mike, didn't think the horse classed out at all, and there he was blowing up the tote board, knocking me out of every mutual. I mean, I think I think Four Score Crook is a horse that uh, with the closing running style from the inside post with Rod Ortiz who likes to come from off the pace. Uh, I think she could be a bit of a forgotten horse in this race, and it wouldn't be surprised if she's a big overlay from that 5-1. to one. And she's run reasonably well on off-going, too. All right, let us move on to the sprint, which in the past has been my favorite race of the year, mainly because you get bombs away long shots that win. That doesn't happen really anymore because of the dirt mile and because of the Philly and Mare sprint, and you really get the best horses and not big payouts. In this race, I think that's the way it's going to go. There's a lot of consistency here. Very competitive. So I don't anticipate a big long shot winning. Catherine, how do you size up the sprint? Will the defending champ Roy H. and Imperial Hint knock heads at the end again? Well, I, I agree with you. I love this race. I think it's so interesting to handicap because you have so many good horses for their spots in this race. I think Imperial Hint is a hard horse to bet against. Just looking at uh, his past form, um, I think he's been running so well. Uh, he just looks really good. Um, he was second in this race last year, I think, and obviously to, to Roy H., but I think he gets the better of him this year. Roy H., actually, I mean, I guess I was so intrigued by Imperial, Imperial Hint, I didn't even – look at Roy H that much, even though, you know, he's the reigning winner. He's been running well as well. Um, but an interesting horse I was looking at, I, this is the horse I was talking about with the angle um, shortening to sprints. His promises fulfilled. I think once they, they dropped him down to sprints, he started winning and running well. The only thing is, you know, this is a big step up in competition to the three-year-olds he's been racing against. All right. Well, he won his first start against Olders in the Phoenix at Keeneland his last time out. And once his owners got over Derby fever, he really did find his niche. Uh, you also, to me, you, you have Limousine Liberal, who's been very consistent and run well on an off track on Derby Day in the slop. You know, Whitmore's been ultra and consistent. Is also, and is also six for eight at Churchill Downs, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge, that's key. You know, Whitmore's been ultra consistent, but he's been closing in sprints. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that from the rail. So how do you size this up there? Well, Whitmore, I think it's funny. He is a horse that I like in here. I think you have to make a determination from his previous race on Derby Day earlier this year. Was it because of the slop or was it because of the rail? Uh, if you're going to be willing to say it was because of the slop and he's going to get a better service on Saturday, I think he is absolutely usable. Uh, but, uh, but if you think it's the rail, then he, it might be a horse you need to stand against. Because I, I do think, like, like Catherine had said, with promises fulfilled on the lead, Imperial Hint's going to be on the lead. I, I think the uncoupled entry of uh, the Peter Miller with distinctive B, uh, I, I think he will be on the lead. 
uh, which is why I think it does set up for a little bit of a horse coming from just kind of that second flight. Uh, Imperial Hint has shown he can rate uh, in the Vanderbilt and in the True North, so maybe he will prove to take that style. But I think Roy H is, uh, if I had to choose between Roy H or Imperial Hint, I might lean with Roy H just because of the outside draw, and I think he might get a better trip. Uh, stalking behind Imperial Hint, where he wherever he might be, but uh, I, I would lean towards Roy H or uh, even Limousine Liberal. Even though I, I know he has the great record of Churchill that I brought up, I just don't know if he's this good. We'll be back with show two, where we get to the meat of the Saturday car: the mile, the turf, the distaff, and of course the main event, the Breeders' Cup Classic. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us at the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you for the second of our two handy capping the Breeders' Cup show.